Hey there, it's Carl, and this is another episode of Startup Notes Podcast. Uh, today, I stumbled upon a very relevant book for my current problem. Um, the reason why I wasn't able to deliver results in the sales department um, were unknown to me at first. Uh, at first, I thought, oh, I just don't have enough technical understanding and theory on how to sell. Uh, and then maybe my English is not good. But then I realized at this point, my English is uh, at a level where I can successfully negotiate with prospects. Second of all, I clearly know what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, the best way to do it. So this is the second point. And so I've had everything and I couldn't understand why there is no progress in sales. But I kind of missed the third part of the equation, let's say. It's your mental like abilities, you know. Um, and nobody like kind of talks about the mental aspect of sales. And uh, just like your psychological barriers that you might have. And this book is kind of perfect. It's just, it's not about like how to ask questions to your potential clients. It's not about like specific scripts. It's not about the funnels. It's just about the mental game of sales. Well, hopefully after this book, I'll implement all the uh, advice from this book and then I'll be able to start selling, properly selling. So the name of this book is Peak Performance Selling, How to Increase Your Sales by 80% in 8 Weeks by Kerry Johnson, MBA and PhD. Let's begin. Preface. Many people claim that the key to success are goal setting and goal planning, but that is only the beginning. Success comes from goal getting. Uh, Success comes from goal getting. To achieve the results you want, you must first understand the psychology of producing those results. Why do people succeed or fail? Why do New Year's Year's resolutions rarely make it to year-end? What are the stressful effects of change? Why do many people fear doing things that yield high rewards? This book discusses why we need goals and what goals can do for us. Uh, It will provide you with a blueprint for attaining goals. It will help you analyze how much effort you will need to achieve your goals. This program can help you make quantum leaps in your productivity and, as a result, in your income. First, we will examine what prevents you from achieving maximum performance. There are important psychological barriers to hitting your goals certain behaviors that make you a slave to your to your own insecurities 
Understanding what these behaviors are and what they do will help you overcome these obstacles. Second, we will examine the four greatest fears. Fear of success, fear of failure, fear of embarrassment, and fear of rejection. We also look at how these fears may be sabotaging your success and your ability to achieve. Finally, we focus on habits, habit patterns, and how they affect us. We'll help you understand how habits are formed, why many habits are so difficult to break, and how to modify or change present habits or form new ones. Doing this will help you achieve what you conceive and believe you want. So this is the preface. Let's move on to part one, why you're holding back. One, overcoming limitations to performance in the last six weeks. Have you... Um, one, overcoming limitations to performance. So, in the last six weeks, have you procrastinated, not prospected enough, not, not asked for enough referrals, found that when you finally got around to organizing your messy desk, it was during prime business or selling time? Avoidance behavior symptoms of a problem. Avoidance behavior. If you said yes to any of these questions, you are practicing avoidance behavior. And what is funny, that's exactly what I've done. Since the moment that I posted that I'm going to do sales, I've had this avoidance behaviors behavior because I wouldn't I would do anything else but uh, what I need to do. It's cold emailing, prospecting and stuff like that. I would do podcasts, I would look like watch TV series, I would meet with completely random people, like everything else except what I'm supposed to do. And now I've learned that it's called avoidance behavior. Well, let's let's move on. Avoidance behaviors are the things we do to keep from feeling psychological discomfort. If left to run rampant, they can destroy your productivity. As a consultant, I constantly deal with folks who exhibit obvious avoidance behaviors. Some people in the business I work with are incredibly unproductive. The issue is probably not that they don't know what to do. These managers or employees have typically spent many years learning their jobs. Their knowledge and experience are quite sufficient. Why don't these people do what they know they should do to double or even triple their level of productivity, you might ask? Could they be lazy lazy, or is it simply that they want to avoid the discomfort that the change to a higher productivity state may bring? I recently hired a staff person to do follow-up marketing calls. A basic part of her job was to call people who were interested in using our services. Unfortunately, she consistently found ways to avoid making those calls. Her avoidance behaviors included typing out forms to keep tracking of the phone calls 
or reorganizing the filling system to make the resource materials more accessible. All of them were to avoid making the calls that stressed her out so much. While it was obvious that making calls was the most important thing to do at the time, she risked her job by not doing it. Was this laziness or was it an unconscious dis desire to avoid the, the discomfort those phone calls brought? So basically, this example demonstrates the exact situations that I have. I'm supposed to like start messaging every day, 20 messages a day, and I would just avoid doing that. No matter what, I would do anything else except that. And yeah, now I kind of realize that it's an unconscious desire to avoid the discomfort that those like cold emails will bring. Uh, all right, let's move on. The answer may lie in avoidance behaviors. To immediately erase all avoidance behaviors from your life and instead practice the desired time management techniques, you would need to change a great deal all at once. Very few people become that efficient that quickly on their own, often because of underlying subconscious reasons that cause them to be disorganized in the first place. These reasons manifest themselves in avoidance behaviors. We've all seen avoidance behaviors at work, both in our in ourselves in and in co-worker co-workers. These behaviors may include shuffling cards around the desk, arriving at work late, leaving early, taking an extra long lunch, or even reading a book or magazine on the job. Pause for a minute. Can you think of avoidance behaviors you engaged in in your own life? Do you spend 30 or 40 minutes chatting with associates or friends in your office before you get down to the business of making phone calls or dealing with difficult projects? Do you read your email during the 8 to 5 workday, knowing that it may be the least productive use of your time? As you might have guessed, avoidance behaviors are not the actual problem. These are merely the symptoms. They indicate that you may be experiencing a psychological dilemma on a much deeper level, or a variety of self-sabotaging fears. Interesting. So avoidance behavior is just a symptom, uh, or like... It can be just symptoms, and they indicate that you may be experiencing a psychological dilemma on a much deeper level or a variety of self-sabotaging fears. Well, let's move on to self-sabotaging fears. Um, these four fears are fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of success, um, and fear of embarrassment. Performance barriers. We all face psychological barriers to goal achievement, often daily in our business and personal lives. These performance barriers are not likely to go away by themselves, 
because they are frequently symptoms of much larger and deeper issues. But in order to rid ourselves of these barriers, we must first become aware of their existence. But first, let's examine some symptomatic behaviors that limit our productivity. They include procrastination, disorganization, lack of motivation. The first problem behavior is procrastination, putting things off intentionally and habit habitually. When we procrastinate, we do not accomplish tasks when we know they should be done, but postpone them until the very late moment. The word procrastinate is derived from the Latin pro, meaning toward, and cras, meaning tomorrow. I'm sure you've heard the saying, don't put off until tomorrow what you should do today. Usually, we procrastinate because we are faced with a difficult task we don't want to do. The task might require anxiety-provoking emotional involvement, like paying bills. Or we may be afraid of making mistakes, for example, when talking to intim intimidating people. So we simply put these things off. Procrastination not only limits performance, but also can counter, can counter productivity. When you procrastinate, you might often find yourself asking, what did I do today? What did I accomplish? What, what I wanted to accomplish? Why didn't I achieve what I had planned? You feel guilty because you didn't meet your own expectations. Your self-confidence is threatened. In turn, your performance decreases. Think of the last 60 days. How many times have you ended up losing a sale or running a big deal because you procrastinated? Ruining a big deal because you procrastinated? You waited until the last moment, put something off or didn't do it at all. These second performance barrier uh, so, yeah, you just need to ask yourself these questions, and I've definitely been procrastinated, procrastinating for a long, like, for an extensive period of time, and all these questions kind of, like, help me realize, and, you know, every solution begins with a real realization, and that's why I really like this book, it's, like, kind of explaining why you behave the way that you do. All right, the second performance barrier is disorganization. So the first one we've already covered, it's procrastination. And now let's talk about the second performance barrier, disorganization. Do you find it difficult to locate things in your office? Do you feel to keep track of your ideas or of things you've talked about? Are you spending too much time looking up information that should be at your fingertips? If you were more organized, would you cease to neglect doing those things you know would make you more efficient and productive? Ask yourself these questions. Disorganization as a barrier to productivity is certainly not a new concern. Entire seminars are devoted to time management. Numerous books go into great detail about becoming organized and include ways to think about time, 
and your physical environment. <clears throat> Surprising as it might seem, remember that by nature, people recognize and like to replicate patterns. Human beings like to be organized. There is nothing in your horoscope that predestines you to pl pl plague yourself with disorganization. <clears throat> the cause of disorganization are primarily psychological, stemming from childhood as well as from the challenge of coping with a highly complex world. Many disorganized people are, in essence, still challenged childhood authority, usually that of a parent. Parents teach their young children that there are always things out to be, that there is a right way to do things, that a good child is disciplined and orderly. The demands parents make and the attitude they instill in their children toward life affect them deeply. Most parents have begged their children in this way. Jeff, clean up your room. Depending on the circumstances, a child may interpret this demand as an infringement on his identity and autonomy. At some point, defiance begins. The child begins to resent the parental control and tends to rebel, in effect saying to the parents, I won't be orderly or disciplined. So he or she fights the parents' authority in the belief that order means entrapment or loss of identity and that disorder means freedom for, from parents and greater self-identity. At first glance, it seems to be a natural childhood function to be disorderly. When we dig deeper, however, we find that the disorganization often comes from a child's refusal to do everything the authority figures have, demand, have demanded. This is because the child needs to establish an identity. The need for order. Everyone is capable of being organized. We have a powerful inner drive toward order and clarity. Being disorganized is an avoidance behavior sym symptomatic of anxiety resulting from the four self-sabotaging fears we will discuss in chapter 3 through 6. Mm -hmm. So we have a powerful inner drive toward order and clarity. Being disorganized is an, an avoidance behavior symptomatic of anxiety resulting from the four self-sabotaging fears. <clears throat> Alright, so I'm also very disorganized in my working space. So that's also an issue. I kind of hit all the all the like uh, avoidance behaviors patterns. The third thing, the third business performance barrier is la lack of motivation. If your answer yes to any of these following questions, chances are you're experiencing a lack of motivation. So, do you sometimes feel that all you want to do is sit there? Do you not want to dial the telephone, talk to prospects, or talk to people at all? That's me. Do you find that your self-esteem is diminishing a bit 
or that you have no real enthusiasm or excitement for the work you're doing right now, that's also me. I have no enthusiasm or excitement about uh, doing the cold emails and stuff like that, so that's me. Do you feel some sense of worthlessness because you're not meeting your self-expectations? Absolutely. Uh, in your job, are you avoiding some activities that cause you discomfort? Yes. Sometimes a lack of motivation results from a feeling of complacency. So sometimes a lack of motivation results from a feeling of complacency. Because, because of the anxiety the process of change brings, we merely resist change itself. Beware of rara motivational speakers who capitalize on our emotional vulnerability. Most motivational speakers who claim they can help deliver us from our lack of passion rarely fulfill their claims. <clears throat> Many attendees of motivational programs feel great immediately afterward, but rarely can remember what the speaker said. The late Jim Rohn, author of the book The Seven Keys to Wealth and Happiness, saw the same attendees over and over at his speeches. Jim used to tell them, I've seen a lot of you before. How come you're in another motivational seminar? Didn't you apply the techniques you learned last time? Jim's point, Jim's point is basically that you can't get motivation from a speaker or by reading a motivational book or scrolling through Instagram like motivational videos too. Many motivational speakers are entertaining and enjoyable, but until you are able to set a plan for yourself to achieve your objectives, you might as well be throwing money into a rat hole. Motivation comes from within. Motivation does not come from being pumped up externally. <clears throat> Motivation is an internal process. Another person can set the stage, but only you can act out the part and motivate yourself. You're the only one who can change yourself. No one can do it for you. So, yeah, this is kind of the end. We're halfway, yeah, we're not halfway, but the second chapter, we might say, is self-sabotaging fears how learned behavior can cause production to plummet and we're gonna do this chapter in the next episode so far i really liked what i've heard and it kind of helps to understand why you're not performing at the best capacity and and like in the next chapters like uh, you're gonna hear more cool insights um so yeah thank you for listening and have a great day bye